0: Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Hiding in the Dark. It is your boy, Be Hardison, back like I barely even motherfucking left. Had a little bit of time off, guys. Sorry, just been a little busy with getting a big boy job, doing something that I thoroughly enjoy. So all that time off has not been for nothing. Just been working on a couple things, moving some things around. But like I said, back like I barely even motherfucking left. Got a lot of good interviews lined up for you all. Coming up soon, and also have a great episode for you all today with a very good friend of mine, Sarah Cook, who is a very well respected poet, a just great artist in general, and one of the biggest reasons I even started writing myself. So, thanks for tuning in, guys. Enjoy. Sarah, hey. Blake, hey. <laughs> How are you? <laughs>
1: I'm doing really well. It had like a cool, little, I don't know if everyone else hears it, but it has like a cool little like alien, like UFO intro when you press record. I hope that people hear it. Really? 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 <laughs> yeah. I hope that that's a thing. If not, I'm sorry, people, <laughs> that you missed it. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. You know, just kind of living living life here in St. Louis and figuring life out. A lot of big changes, I feel like, you know, and especially in this time. Personally, I'm trying to just stay busy with big, big changes, big moves, you know, or else I I feel i um, out of control that, <laughs> and can't can't sit with it.
0: Yeah, that does 100 percent sound like you for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How I, are you? I'm
0: good. I'm just very busy all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a lot of projects going on?
0: Um, I mean, I've got. I just recently got a brand new head coaching job. Okay. So um, I'm coaching at a high school for the first time ever.
1: Nice. Congrats.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, You know how much I love volleyball. You've watched a couple of times. Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, so that is just, I mean, like I said, I've never coached high school ever. I've done travel ball, but, you know, Mm -hmm. working in a school is a complete different environment. Right. So I've just yeah. been trying to deal with like the professional Politics. I mean not even that, <laughs> just like the professionalism of it, like how how different I've had and not necessarily different, but just more adultish.
1: Yeah. And I've had to be
0: <laughs> way more than I'm yeah. a little bit comfortable with if I if I was being completely honest.
1: Right, right, right. You gotta watch everything you say with it, these high school girls, right? Correct,
0: <laughs> correct. And it's not only that; it's just the fact that like all it takes is to make like one person upset,
1: mm-hmm. and know, then the and, whole team
0: falls like dominoes. Uh, man, it's just really <laughs> so. It's it's very taxing, very rewarding already. But I mean, mm-hmm. I'm doing something I love, and I get paid for it. There's really nothing else yeah. that I could ask for.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I would say that most people don't get to say that
0: mm-hmm. that
1: statement, right? Like that's so important. I was uh, kind of talking, you know. I, I feel like everything comes back to COVID these days, it's, so I'm yeah. gonna try to keep it at a minimum <laughs> at okay. how many times I bring it up. But I, I was talking with someone yesterday about how people are so ready to get back to the to normal, right? And like, was our old normal worth it? The way that we were living, we were it felt like we were living to work and we weren't doing the things that we love to do because we didn't have time and things cost money. And we just wanted to, to do the things that we thought that we needed to do to check boxes here and there. And I feel like this time has allowed everyone to kind of reevaluate the things that they want out of their life and do those things because we have time. And maybe we realized that the nine to five wasn't important to us and, I don't know. I think it's a pretty it's I think it's admirable that people are going out and doing the things that they love and are getting paid for it these days.
0: Correct. Correct. And I mean, I know this was like we were just basically get into, you know, how we've been. But that is such a smooth transition to basically, cool. you know, I mean, <laughs> I read
1: your, read your mind there. Correct. Blake. Correct. correct. Um, <laughs>
0: such a smooth transition to um, basically getting into the depths of who is Sarah, really. You know, today I seen that you had a lot of your pieces put into a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Kudos and congratulations.
1: Thank you, thank very, very yeah, much. Uh,
0: very much um, deserved. Very well deserved.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it was a it was an interesting opportunity that I had there. You know, because when you think about going to see pieces of art and pieces of work in a coffee shop, you think it's very visual. You know, and mm-hmm. and the thing with my poetry is that it's also visual. Right? I take the, the photos of, you know, I, t- I write the poem, whether it be a typewriter or a handwritten or a haiku, and then I take the photo of um, wh- what the words kind of make me feel, right? So if I'm talking about like a storm or wreckage or something, I'm putting it next to like broken pieces of glass and splintered wood. And, and so it becomes kind of a, a two and two of words and photography. And so it was really interesting to have this coffee shop agree to, have someone like come up to their wall and like read, you know, <laughs> it wasn't just, it wasn't just like people in passing getting to see art. They had to like stop and, and really look at it. But yeah, I was really excited. It's a, a local coffee shop in St. Louis and it's been a, a dream of mine to not only be a published author, but to really get my roots in with my, my local community. And I don't know, it was, it was nice. It was nice to have that realized this morning.
0: Oh, absolutely. And um, obviously for the people that are listening, if you have not Figure this out. Sarah is, on top of many other things, a poet, a very, mm-hmm. a very talented and very passionate poet. She has had multiple books published, and that is literally just getting to the tip of who she is. But if, if you have not read any of her poetry, please check it out. There will be links in the description of this. You will definitely, definitely not regret that at all.
1: Well, thank you. thanks for that endorsement. I mean, I can say the same thing about you. Right? it's It's been a while since we've seen each other in person, but you know, we used to write together all the time. and it you know i I, I think back to those days often and fondly,
0: oh, absolutely. like um there's been a couple people that I've talked to on here, um you know, just about like we'll get into a topic of conversations and, you know, just me as a writer and stuff like that and I'll always bring your name up i was like and i always tell them like she was one of my like first people that i would like share my writings with and like it like helped mold me into where i am today you know yeah. as a writer i was like i'm in that very and i can tell you this face to face for the first time in years since like you said it's been a very long time since we've seen each other yeah. you know i i would 100 percent not be the writer i am today it wasn't at least for your influence and definitely your friendship for sure so i'm very appreciative of you always especially every time that i just like have any success with writing
1: well thank you that's a very i take that compliment very um greatly thank you so much and i have your book on my bookshelf thank you for sending it to me of course
0: and it. of course absolutely I've, i yeah. mean we we kind of have to, like, do stuff like that.
1: Yeah, there, there needs to be some support, you know. Like, I think that's one thing that I've noticed with poetry and with poets. Um, it's just not as supported as you would see with maybe, like, fiction or nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's very much social media-driven or quote-driven, even. Correct. Uh, people just kind of want, like, quick bites. And so, yeah, the, the poetry world, I, I do think, is um, suffering. But I think that it's making an uptick as well.
0: Absolutely. I do feel like, especially... At least how I feel like with a lot of people that you know. Once they're like, "Oh, you write," you know, "Do you have any books?" Blah 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 blah, and then they, then, then like they bring up names like, uh, Rupi, you know, Tyler, mm-hmm. Tyler Scott Gregson, or no, it's not Tyler, not Gregson. Um, yeah. you know, just like it's starting, like you're saying, to get popular.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I th- and honestly, I think that's one of the like main like loves about it is that it's not like a huge popular thing.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I I think you can find some beauty in that to where it's, it's a rarity. It's kind of like a dying art a little bit. And, Mm -hmm. and so you get to kind of be like, yeah, I'm doing this thing that a lot of people don't do. And, and with the poets that you brought up, um, it's very interesting the way that they're breaking into the game because it's, uh, it's it's a different type of poetry. It's not the poetry you learn about in school, Correct. you know? Like it, it has no like iambic pentameters or they're not following any of these rules especially Ruby. Like it's just kind of all over the place. <laughs> and I love um, it. Um Yeah, and and they're also doing these like cool little visuals with it and stuff. I don't know. I think it's it's great. Um It makes it hard I think to to kind of break th- cuz you I also see trends, right? With with poetry mm-hmm. is that people can typically write, will start writing the same thing or they'll kind of like do what someone else is doing just because they see it being successful. And so they want to try the same thing to kind of, you know, propel them forward. But, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just excited to see what happens to, to poetry. Oh,
0: absolutely. Like, absolutely. I feel as if kind of like you were saying, it's a dying art. I do feel as if like if it wasn't for social media getting so big, I feel like mm-hmm. it would have been, been like an even more dying art. Like you would, it would, it wouldn't be completely dead, but it would just not be as popular as it is now.
1: Yeah. I mean, how would people access it? Correct, <laughs> like I, I, I think the, like the, uh, those like quotes right there, that's pe- people will consider that as poetry as well. Right. Where it's just like a sentence, mm-hmm. um, which is hard to write a sentence sometimes. So <laughs> no, hate, no, no shade on them. I totally think, but, but, uh, you know, people were like resharing those like motivational quotes. And then you find out that like Rupi wrote that. And so you're like, oh, they have a whole arsenal of actual poems. And um, yeah, I, don't, I just I think without social media, the access to art would would be very limited, especially in this time. Right. Like you can't go places. It's my second reference to COVID. Also.
0: <laughs> but, how ter- <laughs> but how fucking terrible would that be, though? Like, yeah. we we're stuck in the house for God a year and a half then like you have like no social media or anything to go through. A lot of people, a lot of people would get more shit done. Yeah. However,
1: but I mean, is it, is it that bad though? Like I think about the damage that social media does as well. You know, like how hurtful it is to these young kids mm -hmm. that don't have actual social skills because they're hiding behind a keyboard this whole time, whole Mm -hmm. time. Right. And I, you know, just with my own, personal experience with my nieces and nephews, like the bullying that happens on social media. I don't know. I do think that social media is a great tool for a lot of different reasons, but if it was all that we had and if we use it to save ourselves, it can be very detrimental to your personal and your social life.
0: I was, uh, one of my managers at work the other day was talking about how they were interviewing this, I say kid, but you know, probably 19 to 22 years old um you know and they were talking about how like they were having a problem with like looking them in the eye and Mm -hmm. I basically broke down and it was like hey these kids are like on their phones constantly so they don't do eye-to-eye contact hardly ever Mm -hmm. I was like it's not excusing it it's just a fact
1: yeah it makes them uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and then in the same breath I'm like so in you know, encouraged by the kids these days, like their, their, their bravery and their um, progressiveness. One is really great to see. Like it, I was, I made a comment the other day and I was like, these, what are they? Gen Z's children? What, what, what generation are they? (laughs) Um, they can like organize a whole black lives matter protest or like start a protest for you know, for the LGBTQ community, Mm -hmm. but like cannot make a fucking phone call to get a job at McDonald's. Like, I don't, where, like, where does your bravery start? And where does it end? Like what things are you
0: comfortable with? There are so many, like, I guess we'll say fucking Gen Z uh, uh, kids, whatever come into my work and like with their family and cannot order their food, Mm -hmm. you know, like, (laughs)
1: like
0: I've had kids that I coach, have their parents order their food and I'm just like shaking my head. I'm like, this is a fucking problem.
1: Yeah. Like what are they going to do when they become like hopefully self sufficient adults at one point and like start having children of their own?
0: Uh, Hopefully, hopefully get it figured out at some point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the world might be different by then. You know, I would say that our parents and our grandparents have the same similar comments about our generation and the way that we operate in the world. So a little perspective, I guess, is, yeah. is necessary.
0: I always think of that with like the shows. Like they're starting to redo like the shows that we were watching when we grew up.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, like
0: they're redoing like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which has been done multiple times, they're redoing Rugrats.
1: Are they? Yeah. They need to leave stuff alone. Yeah, exactly. Like
0: <laughs> And it's not like I just saw the trailer or like the intro for Rugrats and the new animation. And it's mm-hmm. not that it looks terrible. It's just different.
1: Yeah. There's something like really comforting about that terrible old <laughs> animation you know like what we're used to like I don't know if I want to see Tommy with like a perfectly rounded head right like mm-hmm. I like his little knob on the top <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I want that like I don't know like because it was very two-dimensional mm-hmm. right like I think now animation and movies it they do a really great job at making it feel three-dimensional even though it's clearly not and like old cartoons it wasn't like it was almost like it was just like a sticker on a paper just like moving
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: across the screen.
0: But was it, at least to me, I feel like that's, like, the comforting thing about it is, like, it wasn't, like, real life, especially, like, as a kid. Like, you just wanted to, like, mm-hmm. live in those TV shows.
1: Yeah, and now it is definitely taking more and more real-life concepts and, and putting them through. But that can be kind of cool, too. Like, I think that that helps people cope in a way. Like, if you think about the movies that we watch, like, all these superhero movies or it's a parallel for law enforcement and you know, it it like helps us kind of cope with the things that we're seeing in our, in our daily lives in a more fantastical way.
0: Correct. I can see that. I can definitely see that. But they just, like you said, they need to leave things alone.
1: Yeah. It's been done. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Also like, and then, and then, you know, that's, that comes back to the point I was kind of making earlier is that, people see things and then copy it because it was so successful. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, when is there going to be new art at any point? Or are we just like remanufacturing stuff that has expired?
0: Yeah. It's an interesting concept. If we ever got to a point in the world and life, whatever we like, art just wasn't being made. I think that would be like a huge fucking problem.
1: I don't, yeah. I don't think people understand that. how, far art extends you know like i have a salt lamp right here and that's art and that's like keeping me it like provides me happiness and like and like i just think of like the artists who made this just stopped making them and people stopped getting salt lamps and stopped feeling happy like it's art it touches everything
0: Mm -hmm. it does and I, i don't know about you but i've seen this like i wouldn't even say it's a meme but just like like, a picture, I guess you would say, being shared. I mean, I've seen it countless times. It was, like, like a quote-unquote, like, why are you studying art or pursuing art? You know, artists Mm -hmm. don't really get paid, and it's just, like, you know, all kinds of lists of, like, things that are actually art that people Mm -hmm. overlook all the time.
1: But, I mean, yeah, but the the little income that artists bring in is astounding. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet we're like in control of your feelings. And that's like, a, that's a huge, like, just think about that for a second. Like, and it's a huge thing to carry with you. Like oh, anytime that I, I don't know if I think about it every time I write a poem, but when I'm writing a poem, I'm thinking about feelings that I'm trying to make someone have or feelings that I'm trying to let someone kind of process and move through. That is a heavy thing to carry. It really and like, is. How much money do I make off of an Instagram post? Nothing. Like you know, like that's, just it's just the crazy, you know, the disproportionate of what you're giving and what you're providing versus what you're receiving back. And I want to be one of those people that's like, I don't do art for the money, which for the most part I don't. But also, it's it's nice to be validated and compensated for the things that you're providing into the world.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's just very. I don't even know if. Comforting is the word it's just something just like inside you when you're an artist and you you literally are getting paid like when money hits your hand for a product that mm-hmm. you have provided like it's just a completely different feeling
1: it is and I don't i you know I don't know if that's the feeling that we should have, but that's the world that we live in right like we live mm-hmm. in a capitalistic society and and monetary value is, is placed on everything and, and you're not seen as valuable if you're not seen to be making money off of the things that you're producing. So yeah, I, w- I would definitely say that when I started publishing books and was starting to get paid for the work that I was doing, it was, it made it feel more rewarding and it made me feel like a real artist, which is
0: so sad that it shouldn't be that way. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And, and I a hundred percent agree with that because like, I, I don't know. Do you know who um, Matthew Shelton is? He's a painter here in town.
1: Um, I feel like I know the name from high school.
0: Okay. So
1: a long time ago. And I don't know if this is the same Matthew I, Shelton. I, I, I
0: honestly have no clue. Um, Well, him and his girlfriend, uh, Amber, they are, they both do like paint. They do different mm-hmm. styles of painting from each other, but. They sell their paintings. Well, I had them on here uh, two episodes ago. Very, very wonderful episode. And he was talking about, you know, when I paint a painting, what exactly? When I paint a painting, it's nice to get paid for it. However, I don't do it for money. I do it because there's this thing that churns inside of me. I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's good or if it's bad, but letting out on that canvas is my way of making sure I don't kill somebody or something of the sort, you know, something like that.
1: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I don't know if uh, I would personally get as um, passionate about it as to saying that I might like hurt someone, but I do understand that feeling of like I have something to say and like I have to say it and it needs to be out there and um. I would say about 60% of the time I share it with, with people, you mm-hmm. know, I'll put it on Instagram or I'll put it in a book or I'll just give it to my partner and, and see how that goes. But yeah, a lot of the times it's just like, I'm, I, have. you are probably the same. I have countless notes on my phone. of just like one liner. It's like, I, I like jolted out of my bed the other night because I was sitting there thinking of, and it was, it's a pretty lame poem, but I was just like sitting there thinking, I was like, this has to come out of my head or else I will not fall asleep. And I like, ripped my phone from my phone charger (laughs) just to like throw it in there
0: Uh uh-huh oh and absolutely like there is honestly i've looked in my notes so many times when i like sit down to write and be like Mm -hmm. the fuck was i thinking yeah like this (laughs) makes zero sense to me now
1: my favorite thing is i do have a habit of drinking and then getting very inspired after i've had maybe four glasses of wine <laughs> and so then i'll go in and i'll i'll just write like notes it's it's not like a really full thought or like a stream of consciousness it's just like these words here and there that i like that i kind of maybe want to put together at some point point. Mm-hmm. and then i go back and i'm like i have no idea what i was talking about like i really wish that i had like I need what I need to start doing is just like voice annotating, so I can at least like hear what the context of maybe the word that I selected.
0: Oh, that's a good idea.
1: Yeah, I used to do that. I, I used to do that in um in college when I would like, you know, I'd s- go around and smoke between classes. And <laughs> I would just like I would just like throw the voice recorder on my phone and set it on my lap and just start talking. I need. I should find some of those and see see what those are about. Oh, absolutely. But there's some. But there's some gems hidden in there. I'm
0: sure you can make something out of that.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Speaking of your just artwork in general, you just recently released uh, your book, Yellow Light. I did. I did. Like, like you know, talk to me about that. How was it? You know, creating it. You know, obviously it wasn't your first one. Actually, I was just cleaning the other day and I found Lit Lost uh, Uh, in my in my things. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is very interesting. And, of course, I think I sat down and read a couple.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's very interesting. I go back and read some, too. Um, and, you know, I, I I try to be very easy with myself because people grow and people evolve and talent grows with you. And I try not to judge the writings that I did because <laughs> Lit Loss was, like, what, five years ago, it feels like. And so the person that I was then is no longer clearly not who I am now. but. um, Yellow Light was really fun and it was quick. Lit Loss mm-hmm. took about four years to finish. Um, and then and then Yellow Light I wrote in about a year. And it came because I was hearing one of, one of my coworkers at work was telling me about his friend who's an author. And that he went through this publisher, Olympia Publishers, and he was a poet. And I was like, oh, well, like, you know, it's hard to find. And for my research, it's hard to find like poet poetry forward publishers. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went and I was just like looking at their thing and I sent them 10 poems. Like I had no like concept of what the book was going to be. I was like, who knows what this can turn into. But like here are my at the moment 10 best poems that I that I love. And so I just like sent it to them. And then they emailed me back and was like, send me a manuscript. And I was like, Well fuck, I don't have like I didn't I didn't think this was gonna happen one and then have two happened so quickly. Like they responded in like two weeks and I was like, Okay, um, I guess I'll write a book. Yeah. <laughs> and so um and so I really had to think about it because I I, I wanted it to be a little different than Lit Loss because Lit Lost was not none of those poems were connected. They had like a similar theme throughout because I am a love poet and I love heartache. So you will always find love and also heartache in a poem at the same time at the most part. And so I was like, okay, well, let me try to like come up with some type of theme, like a, like a really cohesive theme through the book. And as I was writing more and more, not really thinking about it, I noticed that I was just using the phrase yellow light over and over again. So it was like something in my head was really drawn to um, because yellow light is is about morning, Mm -hmm. right? Like the sun rising and stuff. So I was really drawn to just the concept. And so then as I was writing, it was about six months into that process. I noticed how the poems and then the, just the term yellow light was changing by season and the feelings that came with each season. So if you read like winter, Um, there's like, I have a couple poems that are, that were written in winter and have this very similar vibe and feel all the way throughout. And you go to spring and summer and and fall, you see the same thing. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to create a poem through seasons. So if you start on page one of yellow light, you start on winter and you read all the way through to the last day of fall. And it's just the way that I imagine and the way that I was feeling and the people that I met every single day throughout the seasons and like what morning felt like with those people or with those people left. Right. Or like the night leading into morning. So I don't know, it was a really fun project to um, kind of compile a story through poetry, which I don't feel like is done very much.
0: Yeah. uh, Other
1: than like the Odyssey.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, That's funny because I think, right before I released um, my latest one, I had I don't remember exactly who it was I had a friend of mine she was an author but she she's not a poet. so she I, she I can't remember exactly what she wrote but she basically gave me the advice that of the road that you took with yellow light instead of being so sporadic you know having mm-hmm. a theme, and having something that you could base your, like, actual book around.
1: Yeah. Give something, give the reader something to grab onto. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's, I do think that poetry, to read poetry, it's a little different than reading a novel, right? Like, I'm reading a novel now that I could read chapters on chapters a night because it's very flowing and, like, a lot of the stuff, um, the way that I like to read anyways is I just like pick and choose the important parts that I need to go and I can get rid of the fluff, right? Like if you're describing the way that our road looked for three pages, I don't need to, I don't need that. Like I just need to know like the road was long. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so like the, the way that I read poetry is that I, I read it in small pieces because it's so much content on one single page. But the way that yellow light is written is that you though you should still read it in small spurts maybe read a few here and there just so that you can process it when you go back maybe the next day to pick it up and read again you're still following along the same storyline so you're not like you're not losing anything you're still but you're still getting time to process what's happening
0: absolutely and i think that's one of the things you know I have a lot of friends who have bought copies of the book and, you know, read it or in the process of reading it and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm sure you've had this happen to you, too. You know, they were like, you know, I haven't I haven't gotten through it yet, but I'm working on it. And, you know, it's just taking me some time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, no, like, please take your time.
1: Yes. Take, take your time. As,
0: as long as you need.
1: Yeah, if I can give any, um, just like, if it's like a plea or advice to readers of of either of our books or poetry, definitely like, take take a minute, you know, like, if, if it takes you, I, I have people still telling me they're still reading Lit Loss. And it's, like I said, it's been like five years. So like, if you like, come back to it when you need it, like, I don't think that it, it needs to be read, and then you put it away. Like, one of the saddest things is when I finish a novel and I just like throw it up on my bookshelf and I don't see it ever again until like someone wants to borrow it. And I'm like, here you go. Right. But like a poetry book I'm coming back to so often because I either haven't finished it or I'm skipping pages because it doesn't go in such a linear way Mm -hmm. or I need it again because I do think that poetry evolves with you, like who you are as a person it can have one meaning one day and a year later it, it take a different
0: shape. Oh, and that's, that's probably one of my favorite things about the like act of writing poetry. Mm I love when, you know, people will, I'll post a piece and, you know, friends of mine will, you know, comment on it or like send me a message and be like, Hey, I really like this. Like, what is it about? And I'm like, like what? Yeah. how does it make you feel like, what did you get from it? Not, Mm -hmm. it's not like what it's about. Like the fact that we're writing it, or at least me and I, I mean, I feel like you would say the same is that like, it's because we're reaching out. We're trying to connect Mm -hmm. that. I mean, that's really all art is in general. However, you know, with poetry, Mm -hmm. it's just such a greater chance.
1: Yeah. And, And in this, you know, in that same when people ask what you mean, it's always hard for me to explain it even further because, like, I'm using the words very carefully. Mm -hmm. Like, the words that I picked and wrote are the words that I meant. So, like, there's not a deep, like, I'm not, yes, there's a deeper meaning for me. But, again, like you said, the the poem is for you. Like, how is it making you feel? But I can't restate it. (laughs) Like, -hmm. there's no way for me to, like, go back and say the poem in a different way because I said it the exact way that I meant to the first time.
0: Correct. Correct. And I mean, that's just, that's why I love it. Like you said, it evolves with you. Like you said that you read lit laws from time to time and you try not to be too hard on yourself. Um I do the same thing with like all of like my old writings and stuff. And I'll look at it and just be like, What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 you're a little it, it's it's a weird feeling to like like sometimes I get impressed with myself and I'm like oh wow 22 year old Sarah like did a good job and then other times I'm like god why did you put this in a book yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I- but it,
1: it does like I the I like poetry is that it's you know it I use it for a lot of healing and processing my emotions and to me healing is not linear or permanent. And so like when I go back to read something that I wrote, that maybe it was a, an instance that really broke me as a person um, or broke my soul in a way, you know, maybe when I wrote it, it was very heartbreaking and I was super sad and like had all these, you know, sad emotions along with it. But when I go back and maybe read it now, when I'm in a completely different space, I'll either one, see it in a whole new light and maybe derive a different emotion from it. Or two, it'll break me open all over again. And I'll just go right back to those feelings. And I I love that. Like, I love that it transports me to different places.
0: Oh, this yes. And I'm the same way with, like, you know, at least a little bit of, like, my music taste. So I'm the same way with, like, music. Music is my language. Mm -hmm. I just happen to write poetry because I can't sing more shit. However, (laughs) or play an instrument. But the writing part, like, just, mm-hmm. like, I resonate with songs that are deep and that basically are using, you know, I love sad music. Love yes. sad
1: music. I, I work out to sad music, <laughs> and I've been wanting to know, like, if you do the same. Because, like, I, I'll, like, really get down with some Sam Smith when I'm, like, li- like, I'm, like, lifting these weights. Like, and you would think that I'm, like, really going hand on some, like, hardcore, like, rock or something uh-huh. or or R&B and it's just like no Sam Smith like blaring latch in my ear <laughs> and I'm just like crying
0: I have I don't I don't find myself doing it too often anymore I can't I can't say that I haven't done it recently I want to say at least last week or the week before that I think I have this little playlist on uh my Apple Music that's just like all of my favorite like sad Philly music you mm-hmm. know, like if I was going to like make somebody a playlist, this is like probably what I would send them.
1: Yeah, so, yeah I have a playlist on my phone that's just titled Have Feelings.
0: Heck yeah, <laughs> heck yeah. And so I was listening to that um, the other day while I was working out. And it, I remember when I was in Murray, you know, I would run I would run in the uh, Wellness Center track upstairs. And mm-hmm. I would be just be listening to just super sad music all the fucking time. Yeah. So, yes.
1: Do you remember the song uh, Almost Lover by a Fine Frenzy?
0: Not off the top of my head.
1: Okay, I'll send it to you. It's really slow, okay. and it's also very sad, and, like, the girl's, like, voice is breaking. Hopefully someone that's listening is going to know what this song is. Yeah. Or they're just going to think that I'm crazy.
0: <laughs> or at least <laughs> i like, will go listen to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like really old. Like I think it came out when we were in like middle school or something. <laughs> but, but like I have, I typically like put that song on repeat because it's just so heartbreaking, and I'm just like running to it all the time. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I, yo, I have a few of those songs for sure. Definitely, like I said, I love. Not only am I a sucker for a female voice when it comes to mm-hmm. music, but also just like if it's not only a female voice, but just very sad. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm fucking hooked.
1: Yeah, like I want to hear her crying at her <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do. Like I found I still to this day, there's a girl I listen to. Her name is Julie Byrne. Somehow got on to her when I was at Murray the second time. And oh, uh, I was studying for an exam and somehow like it popped up on YouTube or something. And she has probably like 1,500 to 2,000 monthly listeners. Mm-hmm. And super underground, but she just s- very sad, very just like calm voice. And it was one of those like albums I could actually listen to while studying.
1: Yeah, like, I just put her on the queue, so I have to check her out tomorrow yes. in my workout.
0: Heck yes. You mm-hmm. will definitely love it. I can't say <laughs> how how amped up you would be. However, mm-hmm. <laughs> you will definitely. I don't need like
1: to that. be amped up. Yeah, I feel like my amped up is. Um, I get very inspired when I'm heartbroken, mm. you know, which is, which is what sucks, but, but you know that's, that's what it is. So, um, maybe it'll, maybe it'll bring out some poems and I'll I'll let you know, very share good. them with you.
0: Her, I will say her lyricism is very good.
1: Good, good, good. I
0: definitely had a couple of writing sessions. Oh, I was going to touch base on something. We're still talking about music. I will never forget when we were, um, like would have our writing sessions, you told me, I've never forgot this, that you listen to Usher
1: Yes. Wow.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> while you write. And it is, it has baffled my mind ever since yes. you have told mm-hmm. me. Yep.
1: Yeah. It's a, uh, well, I would always put like the Usher Pandora radio Not- on. And so, like, Pandora, you would even get those ads in, right? Like, I had Spotify, and I was, like, I still need – to this day, I still go to Pandora to, like, listen to Usher Radio. Um, and I don't know why. I, I've never been able to figure it out, but, like, a good You Got It Bad or, like, and a good like Neo is would come on pretty hot as well on, on the Usher Radio on Pandora. But, yeah, it's um, – there. Have, I have many memories of me being in the creme Just, like, listening to Usher banging out a lot of poems. Heck
0: yes. Heck.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, so I listen to to sad music when I work out and, like, (laughs) sex sex R&B songs when I'm writing poetry.
0: (laughs) I can only imagine you just, like, sitting at the crib and fucking, like, Pretty Ricky comes on. Mm -hmm. And you're just writing, like, the most heartbreaking piece. Oh, my God. That's just so fucking comical.
1: Yeah. And he's like the the high note from Love Like Honey is going off in my ear right now. <laughs> it's a good song. Oh, I'm gonna my have to goodness. listen to that later. Oh my
0: goodness. You were or you said something about um uh, like oh uh the song that came out in when we were in like middle school, which is insane because we have literally known each other since middle school and before that.
1: Yes, yes we have. I I know I think about that often of the people in my life that um, are around, you know, like I, I do think that ever since I moved out of Owensboro, like I've, I've lost a lot of connections, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or haven't nurtured those connections as much as I should be. But just like knowing that those people like you exist, Mm -hmm. where I like have known for so long and like, they know like the deepest parts of me and stuff. And, and I feel like I have, you know, a few of those people that it could be a years from now and I can be like, yeah, Blake, you know, I've known him for over a decade, but like 15 years, almost 15 years now. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, I could see him and it will be fine. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's, it's just really, it's really comforting to like have those connections. And um, I do think that you and I got very close right before I moved Correct. and um, it was, it was good. It was good moving, knowing that I had, a light in Owensboro. Cause I don't, I don't go back very often. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I do, I try to just stay with, stay at my parents' house, but just knowing that those people like you exist there, it, it does, it makes me not have such a sour taste in my <laughs> mouth for the city. So well, good, thank good. you for that.
0: Of course. Absolutely. I, I think it is like the fact that we got really close, like right before you left was very helpful. Because if mm-hmm. if we hadn't, if I hadn't, what was I ran into you while you were working at Books a Million that day, you know, and that's yeah. when we were like, hey, like, we need to start hanging out more. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I feel as if not only would like my hell, I don't even know if I would have like somehow paved my way into poetry or even just like pursuing my writing. But just like, I feel like if we didn't run into each other and start hanging out, then it would have not been the relationship that you just said now, you know, the friends of, yeah. Hey, you know, and hell, I don't, I don't think I have seen you since me and Derek and Acacia came up for your book release.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So, you
0: know, so that's been years and like, you know, I could run into you tomorrow and it'd be just like, we fucking saw each other yesterday.
1: Yeah. We definitely solidified that foundation and like, if I hadn't met you, I wouldn't know about Noah Gunderson. And I fuck with him every day. So,
0: hell, like, yes. <laughs> hell
1: yes. Just- hell yes. He had a, an intimate concert in St. Louis a couple years ago that I went to. And it was very nice.
0: Hell yes. Hell yes. I remember. Or no, I was watching. I don't know. Do you watch New Girl?
1: Uh Yeah. I've, I've binged it a few times, okay. actually. So I'm,
0: I think I'm in the process of watching it through, like, the third time. Mm-hmm. Such a good show, but the episode literally right before I started setting up for this was the episode where uh, "Rivers and Roads" starts playing at the end. Yes. and every time, song, every too. time I hear "Rivers and Roads," it's just like instantly just you pop up. Yeah, we just-
1: definitely had a a good musical relationship. Oh, absolutely,
0: <laughs> and I I could take a music relationship like for the rest of my fucking life.
1: Yeah, it's your love language. Correct,
0: correct. Like if you show <laughs> yeah. me good music, then I will a hundred percent remember that forever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, like, what are what are you working on these days? Do you have any any writing projects coming up? Uh,
0: I mean, I'm I'm always writing. You know, I'm I'm kind of like what you did with this one. I'm trying to see if there is something different that I could do. You know, cause after having two books and stuff like that, you know, you just, you want to do something different.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I
0: don't want to continue yeah. putting out the same thing over and over again, just in different words.
1: Right. Yes. So I agree with you on that.
0: It's just, yeah, you know, I'm always working on something now. Is it a collection of things? Who knows? I feel like it always is. It'll always turn into something.
1: Yeah. That's how I'm I'm feeling. I think I'm kind of in the same boat um, because like Yellow Light released and then I have a new book coming out sometime this year. I don't have a release date yet, but it's it's the Haiku book and I've been working on that for eight years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the culmination of all that. And now I feel like I don't have a project Mm -hmm. and I'm just like writing in all these different styles and all these different tones and none of it really, none of them really go together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like I... And it's actually kind of discouraging and it makes me not want, like I don't have the motivation to write because I don't know what I'm writing towards. And and I, I feel really, really upset about it because I would say before I started publishing books and before I got a publisher, that wouldn't have bothered me. Mm-hmm. And like, I just would have been writing anything. I would have been writing every single day because I was writing for me. And now it feels like I'm writing for a publisher. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm in this like weird, I think I just put myself in an existential crisis. just now, <laughs> I, I don't know if I actually thought about it in that way until this very well,
0: moment. Thank so thank you, you. Thank you for sharing that with <laughs> us. It makes that yeah. such a great episode. No. Uh, yeah.
1: No. I'll, keep, I'll keep you posted on the saga of my crisis. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't be Sarah if you did not. Um, no, I, I 100% feel like the same way. You know, I released Abandonment last year. It was actually the day before Allie's birthday. It was dedicated to Allie. Uh-huh. Um, so, and I think right before that, to actually get me even started writing for the collection, I did, you know, the 100 Days of Writing. And... You know, to write consistently for a 100 days and not only just write but post it, it was very exhausting Mm -hmm. because I had to, like, fit that into my schedule when, you know, kind of like what you're saying to an extent, you know, you're not necessarily even writing for yourself anymore. You're doing it because you're kind of in a crunch.
1: Yeah, and you're you're held accountable by this promise that you've publicly made yeah. to people. So like, there's a pressure on you, and then there's a guilt on you if you don't perform.
0: Yes, absolutely. It was just very exhausting to do. Yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been thinking of trying to. I've been thinking of doing that because mm-hmm. I I go back to because you share you reshare a lot of the ones mm-hmm. that you um did from that, and I'm just like, man, like I wish. I want, the first thought is I wish I had the discipline to do that. And then the second thought is I think that I would kill myself. <laughs> if, like I, if I like got into that because I don't want to feel that extra guilt, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, I, I keep going back and forth of, it would be a really good uh, push for me creatively,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but then, or would it be detrimental to my creativity?
0: Now, and I will say this, um, to start off, is that, like, you could do, like, a 30-day thing, Mm -hmm. you know, that's actually, that's, I was hanging out with Stephen Clark, and he kind of inspired me to do this thing, he was the one that inspired me to do that, because he would do, like, the thousand days of dancing, you know, so I was, like, I was, like, heck, if this man can, like, dance, like, on video and share it for a thousand days, like, I could write for 30 days and share it, yeah, so, um, then my buddy Bruce, he he's like a big like motivator. He always talks about – like, well, what he basically said was, you know, don't sell yourself short. He was like, if you – and actually what he was talking about was the books, but I've kept this with me since um, he has said that it was deeper meanings when I released that. When I ordered them, I think I ordered like 50. And he was like, well, mm-hmm. he was like, why did you get 50? I was like, because, you know, I could – I could easily sell 50 He's like, well, instead of like getting 50, get a hundred and sell a hundred. You no. Know, so yeah. I took that mentality into doing the uh, hundred days of writing. It's was like, if, instead of doing the 30, like let's push something that I don't know that I can do.
1: Yeah. That's that, that is a good way to think about it because you're, you're already believing in yourself mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Like you, you aren't, the option to fail is not there because you're saying I can do this, sure. you know, like you're, there's no doubt in yourself, but that that's good. Yeah. I'm going to have to take that with me.
0: I a hundred percent think that even like doing a 30 days, which I, I feel like would be a like, not good thing, but like something that you can a hundred percent achieve. And I feel like it would be, mm-hmm. it would be good. Because it, it literally brought so much out of me. Like I still like look back at those days of my writings. I'm like, how the fuck did I pull that out of me? When yeah. I when I'm sitting in my bedroom at 9:30, 10 o'clock, like, what the fuck am I gonna write about today? And then yeah. and then my <laughs> fucking hands just get clicking away and I'm I somehow come up with something.
1: Yeah. did, did you find yourself only writing about like your experiences within that day or were you kind of like pulling from past experiences and past feelings or, or like sometimes I find myself, especially with the haiku thing, I'm writing about one instance over and over again because I've not fully processed it.
0: Oh yeah. Um, no. I mean, sometimes it would be like throughout the day. So like sometimes if I'm kind of getting like that, like mental block or whatever, you know, I'm just like sitting here and looking at a blank piece of paper or a blank keyboard or whatever, you know, I'll just write what I did throughout the day and stuff like that. So, but a lot of it, I would say was probably past experiences, you know, just things that I wouldn't say like didn't process and maybe not, but just things that like I haven't wrote about or a hell it could be process. I would just be like center thinking and then like, Oh shit. Or, you know, other people's like people around me, shit that they're going through or whatever, you know, but most of the Mm -hmm. time I would say probably past experiences.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, and it was, it's cool that you mentioned like what other people are going through because I do that very often is where, um, especially in a time like, right now in my life where I'm like super in love and like getting married and like, you know, like I said, I'm very inspired by heartache. Mm-hmm. I don't really have that right now, you know? So it's, I'm like one, either thinking about my past experiences or I'm kind of like creating these stories from someone else mm-hmm. and maybe what they're going through. And it's been very interesting and kind of, um, cool for me to tap into that because it's, it's new for me. Mm-hmm. It's it's new for me yeah. to, uh, to think about, feelings from someone else or like from a different perspective mm-hmm. and, and kind of creating stories because the poetry that I write is very personal mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a true story, whether or not you take it to know that it's a true story of what's happening to me. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's truth. is my life. Uh, and like having to, to create stories. It's, I don't know. It's been kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Like I think, I, yeah, I shared a piece today that I wrote either last year or the year before that, and I think the first, like, line was those ho- those hands don't form you. And I think it was, mm-hmm. if, if memory serves, it was about a friend whose significant other was just, like, trying to control them so tightly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just find myself doing stuff like that. Um, not necessarily even if I'm having, like, a mental blockage. You know, just if it just happens to resonate with me. Or honestly, if it's – sometimes I'll write stuff like that if I can't tell them exactly, like, hey, like, this is however I feel about this situation. And then it just so happens yeah. to be a, a fucking banger, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I think I've uh, I've observed that with your poetry over the years mm-hmm. to where the things that you're, you're writing are things that you want to say to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the only way you know how to say it is through poetry or you're writing kind of like, um, I don't know what the word is for it, but it's like a, an ode to someone, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you you very much pay attention to the other person Correct. and what they're going through, uh, and, and the things that you kind of want to teach them. It, it feels like you're very like teaching it's a teaching moment every time that you're writing like like it just always ends with like this good one-liner that's like oh i'm gonna put that on a motivational poster and just like keep that in my office
0: well good i'm i'm glad that somebody like sees that because that's at least something that i try to do it not only connect when i write which i'm you understand that 100 percent, but i just feel like there's nothing wrong with being sad like that's what that's what we ache for like you said you love being heartbroken it speaks to you the music and everything it basically mm-hmm. gets you going and yes it a hundred percent does but my a lot of things that I try to do is not not being heartbroken but just like the fact that I want people to know like it fucking sucks but mm-hmm. Like one day, like it'll be all right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I mean that. I mean that explains me to a T for the most part.
1: Yeah, I would say that. I I remember, because um, going back to like you writing poetry for things that that you want to say to people. I remember there would be like multiple times where you and I would just like talk. In straight poems. Oh, like, there yes. would be, like, no, like, if someone was, like, reading our text messages, they'd be, like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> like, it was, it was just, like, all metaphors and all symbols and so, similes, like, we were just, like, responding to each other in a poem. And I, I, like, really appreciate that in a friendship because, one, it, like, keeps me sharp. Yes. And, like, I don't know, like, it, it allows you to get a little deeper in someone um, because... I don't know, like, it's just, it, I don't know, it's very sing-songy and beautiful, and, and I miss that. I think it was very fun.
0: It was, it was. I And, and I felt like it brought out a lot of, kind of like what you were saying, just like, getting not only getting deep with people, but also just the, just being comfortable with also, like, not just saying those things, but also just being vulnerable, because as artists, like, mm-hmm. that's what we're fucking doing you know we're being yeah. Yeah, like, on a social platform
1: yeah i think that a lot of people would say that like oh well you're just hiding behind your poetry and i'm like no i would say that that's like when i'm the most honest mm-hmm. with my with myself and and with the people around me it's what what i'm writing is is everything that i'm feeling and like when i'm just normally talking to you i'm actually holding everything back
0: <laughs> yes yes absolutely i put like if I'm if I'm speaking to you in these terms, I am putting thought into them. I am making sure yes. that it's very articulate. I am I'm wanting you to understand. Mm-hmm. It's
1: very deliberate.
0: Correct. Correct. I know. I hundred percent definitely remember that, and I definitely miss that. I remember there would be a couple of times like we would each like give each other just like a random like word. Mm -hmm. you know and like try to once again make something out of nothing
1: yeah yeah i like to do that with people because i i feel like i get very stuck in my ways like i get obsessed with a word (laughs) like yellow light like i don't i don't know how many poems in that book actually have the words yellow light in it but um and i'm just like okay well i need someone to like break me out of this mold or else i'm just gonna like keep writing about the moon or something (laughs) like or and, like, I, I know that there was, like, a whole year where I just used the word skin in every single poem. And I was, like, all right. I, one, it's getting creepy. So, <laughs> like, I need to just change it up.
0: Oh, that's funny. That's hilarious. Like, you were talking about, the uh, like, one-liners. I mean, I'm a huge fan of one-liners. They're just, mm-hmm. they're just my thing. Whether it be writing, whether they be jokes. You know, I, I'm a huge fan of one-liners.
1: Yeah, or just like off-the-cuff statements. Mm-hmm. They, they pack the most punch. Like, I think that that's, that's why they're important.
0: Correct. Not only, like, I like, I do enjoy writing the, like, longer poems. And from, and I, I'm sure you've noticed most of, uh, most of all is that, like, uh, all of my writings, for the most part, have shortened so much. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to I remember like I would write like pieces that were like, like a page and a half to two pages long. And now I'm like, I don't know how the fuck I did that.
1: Yeah. Now they're like a sentence.
0: Yeah. like <laughs> Now they're just like very short and sweet. But like you said, like pack a punch.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I, that's one of my favorite things, because like you like we talked about earlier, you know, we we want you to take your time with reading it. Mm-hmm. You know, so with the shortness, not only are you allowed to take that within a decent amount of time, but it can it could fuck with you in a lot different kind of ways.
1: Yeah, you do got to be careful as a reader with those those because it it it, it obviously it takes a lot less time to read, mm-hmm. and so you can kind of just flip those pages so quickly, but you you will miss so much if you don't just like like when I read your poems, I like to just like read it and then like not turn the page mm-hmm. for a while. Cause so I was like, let me like digest what I just did because the first time you read short poems like that, you often miss what, what you were supposed to feel mm-hmm. or what you, what you're supposed to derive from it. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually taking the, um, the opposite direction because I started with very short poems, right? Mm-hmm. Like my thing was kind of like haiku mm-hmm. and then, um, and then I kind of evolved it into just kind of like a few lines here and there. And so now I'm trying to write really long form, mm-hmm. maybe not like two pages long, like, yeah. you would do <laughs> like, you know, like, like just a page yeah. um, and, tr- and trying to see what that happens for me. Cause I, I want to see it's a challenge, right? Like it's a challenge to draw something out and it's a challenge to um, keep the interest throughout the whole poem.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I think it's very comical that like we have, flip the script like with each other Mm -hmm. you know like now i'm just now i'm writing short ones you're writing longer ones and it was like you said something that we did we were doing completely different back in the day
1: yeah but i think it's important to grow and to change
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely i i read stuff from back in the day all uh all the time and i'm like all right yeah (laughs) i'm glad that we've Stop doing this and yeah, a little differently. <laughs>
1: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I try to go back and and write the way that I I normally would have, but um, I just don't find it as fulfilling anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I think I'm just ready for a new a new project. Yeah, which is which brings me back to my existential <laughs> crisis. I don't know what that project is right now, <laughs> and so I got to figure it out
0: see and what I would do is I would write a piece and be like hey everything's gonna be okay you get yes there, you will get there eventually super mm-hmm. motivational one-liner oh, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah well and like to that like I I feel like I will get in these these like moments like right now I don't know if I've written anything in a few weeks which which feels like a lifetime to mm-hmm. me um and you know, I'll get down on myself. And then I'll write just like one poem, like I could write a poem tomorrow. And all the feelings I've been feeling about not being good enough or not putting enough attention to it will fade. Like it, it's if every time I go through this, it's like something is brewing inside of me, like it just needs a little bit of time to, to kind of nurture itself. And then it'll it'll come out and I'll be okay.
0: Uh, I'm so happy. I'm not the only one that feels like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's weird. Like like I feel like I like as soon as I will start writing, I'll like black out for a second and then I like <laughs> I like come back after writing and I'm like, oh my God, like thank God, like this, like got out of me. It was worth it. Mm -hmm. You know, like what the things that I was feeling in all this last week doesn't even matter anymore. And like, I'm better. (laughs) And it's just, it's a cycle. And then I'll probably feel that same way in like a month.
0: Mm -hmm. No, I find myself doing that all the time because we feel guilty because we're supposed to be present like on social Mm -hmm. media And so I kind of at least feel like for me, that's what it is. is I'm not posting like as much as I would like to be, which means I'm not writing as much as I would Mm -hmm. like to. Yeah. You know, and so like, then I'm like, get into this like dark hole of like, like what the fuck have you been doing this whole time anyway? Blah blah blah. You know, yeah. are you gonna? Write are you
1: even a real writer? Yes, like <laughs> the
0: worst fucking dark hole that you find yourself in, and then yeah. all it takes is it could take one one poem. It could take you know running into somebody and asking you. You know, I've I've had countless droughts being brought out. Because someone has asked if I've either worked on something or you know how's the writing going, and it just like I feel like in that moment, especially like those when somebody's asking me about it, like just so much weight has came off of me. Mm-hmm. you know, I was like, I haven't even posted anything in a fucking month yet. This person still is you know thinking about the my writings,
1: mhm, yeah, it kind of jolts you back to that space and. You know, one of my favorite quotes, um, it's an anonymous quote, it's just that it's writers write, you know, like you writers show up to the page and writers are supposed to write and like that's what we're meant to do. And um, I have to remind myself that it doesn't matter how often or like how long they are or when you're doing it, just as long as you're doing it, Mm -hmm. then you're a writer. You know, like I I did um, this like workshop a couple of months ago. As, asking the existential question, am I a real writer? And, and, you know, trying to, um, break down those myths of what it means to be a real writer because it's not, it's not what you think. Like, we don't sit in our desk on our typewriter every single day, like, just pounding out poems or chapters. It's, it takes time and, like, writing comes in seasons. And sometimes seasons are frigid and you just got kind of to like break through it and just wait for it to thaw so that you can get back into it.
0: Yes. Yes. And like I said, it's, it's so, so rewarding. It's so refreshing to like, know that like, I'm not the only writer that feels like that. Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, you're not alone. And I think, I think often, too often we feel alone. Mm hmm. I think it's a lot of self-fulfilling prophecies that writers have is that we're like, you know, these mysterious brooding people and like, you know, no one understands us. And I don't feel like that's how it needs to be. It just feels like that sometimes. Not even in the
0: slightest, you know, but we, we are human and we find ourselves in, in those little self doubt, like just holes where we just seem like mm-hmm. we're like, okay. Have I wasted my fucking time? Or <laughs> or are we doing this damn thing? You know? Yeah. And honestly, yeah. and that's one of the main reasons I even did the hundred days of writing to get out of yeah. that hole.
1: Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to try something. I don't know if I'm gonna if it's gonna be like a a publicly shared journey. Because mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I could handle the guilt of not not performing, you know. See,
0: <laughs> and, you're, already, I, you're already
1: I know, you're right, right? Life. Like don't order don't order fifty copies, order hundred.
0: You're just you're <laughs> well you're just giving life to the like like doubt of it.
1: Yes, I know. I need to believe in myself. All right. Well here we are. i I'm, I'm you heard it here today for starting tomorrow, we're doing a thirty days of writing Boom. challenge.
0: Boom, there we go. What is today?
1: Today, today is, is June 9th. Yep. So, all right.
0: Boom. Um, there you go. Well, I'm glad that at least I hope that it makes you like believe in yourself more, which I mean, that's obviously the pot con, the kettle black type of deal. But, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely watched people like react to your writings and not just that, you know, just like be super supportive of your writings, your books and stuff like that. And I mean, I know a lot of the, at least the people from this area that you're friends with, you know, that do support you. I know those people definitely believe in you, you know, and it's, it's nice to have those people. I you know, so. yeah, because
1: I, I do, I do feel very supported, um, which is great, mm-hmm. you know, hence, but I think the biggest support is like we've mentioned, if you is yourself. Mm-hmm. So I got to, I gotta support myself, support my journey. So here we go.
0: <laughs> so um how has like St. Louis been like other than you know, with because you said you started like you're starting to get your like roots in the community. Mm-hmm. You know, how long have you been living yeah. there right now?
1: Oh gosh. So twenty twenty one. I moved here in twenty sixteen, so five years. Okay which is wild. I, yeah. I did not expect one. One, I didn't expect to be here this long, but oh, no, you're I did. Definitely I definitely definitely
0: a I, person that lives somewhere for like a year to 15 months and then just bounces.
1: And then leaves. Yeah. Um, but I, I found kind of, um, a home here, I guess. Yeah. Like my, my fiance and I are actually going to be buying a home hopefully in the next year. And, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm starting to love St. Louis. I will say like when I first got here, I was super into it because it was new, right? And I was, I thought it was great. And I was meeting all these new people and I was living the life that I had expected for myself. Um, And then I kind of went like into this, I went into this little hole of um, trying to live a life that maybe I didn't expect for myself, which was to go down this very professional route Mm -hmm. and like working in the office job and like working nine to five and Bringing in the income that was acceptable, you know, uh, and I and I really missed that struggling artist lifestyle. But I did find a good balance of, of like writing and, and then working professionally. But I, I would say there was like a couple of years where I struggled internally with staying in St. Louis and moving because I met people that I loved, mm-hmm. but I hated that I was sedentary. I didn't hate St. Louis. Yeah, I hated that I wasn't moving somewhere else. Yeah. And, and then just very recently I had to, I had, you know, like a, a come to terms with myself of why do I feel like I need to leave? Like what, what does that prove to someone? Mm-hmm. If I am happy where I am and I feel like I am secure and can do the things that I want to do, like I travel all the time still. So why, why is leaving a place bad? Like why? Why do I need to say I moved out of St. Louis? Because I can already say I got out of Kentucky. Yeah. Like I, you know, I've I've checked that box off. I I moved away, and now I'm kind of like living my own life. So it was a good realization to, to, to come to terms with of like not needing to always be moving mm-hmm. because I don't I don't know if that to me makes me feel successful anymore. Like I think that was a very like outwardly thing that I was trying to do. Is like I want people to see
0: yeah.
1: that I am moving and traveling a lot, but I'm still traveling a lot and I'm still happy and I haven't moved and I'm cool with it. Yeah. you know, I, I, we're, we're really starting. And then my fiance is from St. Louis okay. and together we're really starting to explore our city a little bit more and like find, find things that we love about it. So I would say all in all, like I, I'm enjoying it. Good. I have no intentions of leaving the city anytime soon. And,
0: Good. Yeah, I'm glad. I remember like when you told me that you were moving to St. Louis, and I was like, "That's gonna be good for you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, 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 100% knew it's getting out of the shithole of Kentucky was. Yeah, you know, it's not great. Though. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's definitely not. It's absolutely terrible. But allowing to just like a let you, like let yourself grow outside of the fact that everybody knows everybody just like the like feeling of your hometown and stuff like that just was gonna be not not only huge for your writing career but just you as an individual
1: yeah and you know like outside of Kentucky not being conducive to creativity you know I'm I'm also gay and so like living in a in a conservative town is very hard Yeah, to do that. And I, I know plenty, you know, I know plenty of LGBTQ people that live in Owensboro still. And I hope that they are happy and feel supported and, and loved by their community. I don't know the politics that, I'm not intimately involved in the politics yeah. in Owensboro anymore, but like it, it's difficult. And so just like coming to a bigger city, though St. Louis has its own problems with, with the LGBT community and, and race, you know, specifically it's still, it's still a bigger city yeah. and so the opportunities that are afforded to diverse people um, are just much greater mm-hmm.
0: it's a it's a little bit and by little I mean a lot of bit more progressive especially than Owensboro
1: yes I would say that I would say that for sure like I said when I come come to Owensboro on the very rare occasion um, I don't leave my parents' house yeah. <laughs> like I, the times that I do leave my parents' house I just I can't like I know that there are pockets and, and, you know, I, I hate to bash on Owens world because there really are great people there. Like right before I moved, it was difficult. Like I, I had decided to move right after I graduated college. And, uh, at that time I didn't have the people that I had in my life. Like I met you right after I graduated. And then we're not met you reconnected with you reconnected with you. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, I met Taylor Patton, you know, very, very soon before that. And, um, I like, I made these really strong connections Mm -hmm. with people there. And it was like two months before I was moving. And I was like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I I felt very internally conflicted about leaving people that I felt so strongly about, Mm -hmm to just go somewhere else. Ultimately it was the right decision. Um, but yeah, I, I understand that there are pockets of Owensboro that are really great. The people yeah. I should say, maybe not like the city itself, but I really do hope that, you know, in the future with political changes and maybe hopefully office changes within the state and within the city, it becomes a more desirable community for people like me to come to. Cause I, at the moment it just is not it's not great It's not for gay people. No,
0: it's not. No, <laughs> yeah. absolutely not. I don't plan on being here for much longer. It is a work in progress. However, you know, you got to, you got to do the things that you got to do, but yeah, a, I'm getting the fuck out of here whenever I can.
1: Yeah. And you know, if, if anyone else is listening that also wants to get out, I know that this isn't the best, uh, option for a lot of people. But, you know, I left St. Louis with like $300 to my name. (laughs) And like, so I I just want to like debunk the idea that it takes a lot to get out of somewhere. You know, of, of course, if you have children, or if you have like, I don't know, a lot of things or a lot of debt that you will be bringing with you. No, that's not the best way to travel. But it's not as hard as people May think it is, yeah. you know, I think the, I think the hardest part is making the decision. Once you make the decision, the actions that follow it are, are much simpler.
0: Correct. Correct. It is. I will say that, um, me and Derek and Acacia, we went to Colorado, um, uh, probably about a month and a half ago. First time I've ever been like out West of basically anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. and it was just so refreshing to just see how much of a culture change it is mm-hmm. from, yeah. you know, from it's like a culture from, shock. Oh my gosh. It's, it's completely different, completely different.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think everywhere you go, there's its own host of challenges that you may not think about, right? Like if you, if you move even further out West, your social Politics may be more progressive, um, but then you get into your financial politics that are much more conservative because, you know, people make more money there. So, yeah, like there it's it's a it's a bag to choose from wherever you go. I I think you just kind of have to pick a place that makes you makes your heart happy and makes you happy. And it has the people that you want to be around. Like today, I can't imagine I can't imagine leaving St. Louis and feeling um, like I have a home anywhere else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm very happy for you. Um very glad for you. I knew that St. Louis was going to be a big big change for you in the in the best of ways. You know, as a friend who I would like I said we haven't seen each other in years and I would still call you a very close friend. Um mm-hmm. you know, that's all I ever want for any of my friends is you know for them to get in a spot financially you know, romantically self-loving wise, you know, I just want them to genuinely be happy. You
1: mm-hmm. know, in everything yeah, that they're doing. I appreciate that. I, I hope the same for you. And I, I appreciate the friendship that we were able to to kind of build right before that move. I think that it though hard to leave. Correct helped helped push me to leave you know because it was a two-way street You, you say that I kind of influenced you I would say the same thing about you
0: well that's that's very kind of you I appreciate that is there um before we wrap up here with this episode is there anything that you want anybody to take anything from from this conversation basically
1: um, you know, I feel like we covered a lot. <laughs> so yeah. so that there's, there's a lot maybe to unpack there. Um, But I do think that, you know, whatever, if you're an artist, if you're not an artist, whatever your page, maybe, you know, whether it's a, a blank canvas, a page, a desk, a, you know, a computer, whatever it is that you are working towards working for just show up to it. You know, it's um, it's hard to do every single day, but as I've said, writers write and whatever you have to do, you have to do and, and just keep showing up. Cause that's, that's how you're successful.
0: Correct. Correct. Awesome. Um, like we talked about earlier, Sarah just released her book, yellow light, which I'd still need to get a copy of that. i I already know that's wonderful. I know that. However, I still need to get a copy. Um, there will be links down below where you could find Sarah's writings, where you can, you know, just find her books and everything like that. Um, That way they could be easily accessible for you to go ahead and buy them up, at least a couple copies for yourself. Um, I do want to say thank you for your time. Congratulations and everything to you and Lee. I'm very happy for you guys. Um, Thank you. I know that you just said that, you know, you guys are engaged. Very happy for you. Happy pride month. Always an ally. Thanks. Always an ally with me. All you want, if all you want to do is live, that's all I ever want. No matter who the fuck mm-hmm. you are, whatever you do, just <laughs> fucking live. I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this. It's been awesome catching up with you.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me, Blake. This was a real treat.
0: Awesome. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Bye.